0: Coming up on this episode of East Screen West Screen, we talk about a significant investment from PCCW in a Hollywood entertainment company, a sudden decision with Heartfall Arises, and we talk about the film Linewalker, the movie. West
1: this welcome to another episode of east screen west screen this is the show where we talk about film from hong kong to hollywood and some other stuff in between i'm your host paul fox and coming to you from his news desk at the Maracana olympic stadium in rio is mr kevin ma hey hey paul what's up how's it How going you did, uh, yeah. did you we, it's been a while since we talked uh, we had a couple episodes where uh you were, you were not with us because we had a guest on but um yeah how's it going
0: uh going all right you know just busy uh, as always um but glad to be back
1: yes yes indeed so we had a had a guest on for the previous two episodes and we got a chance to talk with uh steven and thanks again to him for coming in and guesting from the mofos ice skating uphill podcast and we did talk about uh, league of gods and suicide squad so we had one east screen and one west screen film now kevin you've been out to see these films and so i'm interested to get uh, some of your thoughts on on each of them
0: yeah um well, okay, well, first, well, we'll go bad, bad, and then worse, so we'll talk about Suicide Squad first. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the thing is, you know, after Batman and Superman came out, and, I, you know, I watched a midnight show, so I'm one of the first people to see it, and at the point, at that time, of course, I, I thought it's, it's, it was bad, and it had a lot of problems, and then throughout that weekend, people just kept crapping on it, and I started feeling sorry for it, like, yeah, it's bad, but, guys, it ain't that bad, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the same way I feel about Suicide Squad. Hmm. Um, it, it's a mess. It's a huge mess. Um, it's very clear that DC was is, again, still too keen on playing catch-up. Um, I think there's too much studio interference. Um, the film doesn't flow as well as it should. David Ayer is not an incompetent director. He's directed incompetent films before. Um, and he's written very great scripts, including Training Day and, and, and Fury, which I think is a very underrated war film. So so it's it's a bit confounding on what, he, what happened with Suicide Squad. It's kind of at the same time, it's stuffed, it's overstuffed, and then the last two acts, it's really undercooked. So it's a really uneven film, and it's trying to introduce too many characters, and I don't know if you guys covered this or anyone brought this up. I don't think the Joker should have been in this film at all.
1: Well, yeah, we did t- kind of touch on the fact that he was kind of, you know, uh, an, an extra accessory because it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really center on him. I, I you know, did mention that I, wa- I did like the way they kind of portrayed his relationship with Harley and the way that they touched back to earlier comic book lore um, with um, um, things like the killing joke, the origin story that's kind of become canon for the Joker now and having her kind of follow that same path. I thought that was kind of interesting. But yeah, I, 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 if you've seen the news, there's actually a guy out there who's going to try and sue the studio for false advertising um, with the trailers because he, I guess he feels that he got shortchanged in terms of what the trailers showed and what the movie gave us so i don't know if that case actually is going to have any legs but it'd be interesting to see how far it gets and how far it goes but if you remember in one of the earlier trailers right we i think stephen touched on this last time there was a scene where harley quinn um you 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 see a shot of her and then you hear the jokers laugh like echoing through some place and she says something like "Uh uh-oh right and you assume that that's like an actual scene from the movie and it's not that scene is just a fabrication of you know editing pieces and and that that doesn't actually occur she never has that reaction to his presence so it presented this idea that you know at some point it was going to be them against the joker somehow or he was going to be presenting a credible threat and so i do kind of understand how some fans are kind of miffed at what we were shown in the trailer but that's nothing new we see disingenuous tra- trailers all the time i guess
0: yeah exactly trailers shouldn't be indication Just like a dvd packaging shouldn't be in- indicative of what's in the film i mean it should be but the thing is people shouldn't rely on dvd packaging about what's in the film just like uh it happens all the time you know like remember when uh, Inferno affairs came out in in uh in america um on dvd it was tony ho on the cover <laughs> right <laughs> um well, we can all use a bit of extra Tony Ho, right? I mean, well, actually, now that I think about it, it, wasn't even Tony Ho, it was a Tony Ho lookalike. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's not even a valid complaint. I think. I mean, the complaint is yes, it was. I blame DC completely for this mess. Is that they're trying way too hard to catch up to Marvel? I think Deadshot deserves his own film. Harley Quinn deserves her own film. Um, You you know, at least two of the characters in that film deserve their own film before you have Suicide Squad. At least Marvel was wise enough to have three, four different solo films before going into the Avengers so that they don't have to waste any time on character development. See, I don't know
1: if I'd agree with that because for me, I mean, uh, both Deadshot and Harley Quinn are second tier characters, right? I mean, Harley's really, I mean, she's had her own stuff over the years you know she's had limited comic runs with uh, some other female villains and things but you know she's not a joker right uh, i don't know if she by herself can carry her own film and i would say the same to deadshot deadshot's like a second tier batman villain he's not uh, he's not a joker he's not a penguin i don't know if he's all that interesting because you know basically he's a, a hired gun you know, with very low morals. Is there is there much more to be told about him? I think they did a pretty good job with at least those two characters in, in giving us what they needed to give us. I think some of the other characters probably got shortchanged as a result. Well, um,
0: the thing wasn't wasn't Iron Man not like one of the biggest one of the bigger Marvel characters to begin with.
1: No, like he was I mean, also like he was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was known, but um, you know, I wouldn't say I wouldn't equate him necessarily with. You know, he was kind of like a second tier hero, and, and Robert Downey Jr. really kind of uh, brought him up a bunch. You know, I think that's exactly the, 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 the general consensus.
0: So, what I'm saying, if, if, if they, and then the film already does that, the film set up, they have Will Smith, they have Margot Robbie, and they were trying to set those two up as some of the leads of the film. Hmm. So, if they were going that direction anyway, you they they needed a Will Smith solo film. They needed a Margot Robbie, at least like a Bonnie and Clyde-esque uh, prequel, right, with with the Joker and, and, and Harley Quinn to make this. Right now, the way the film is put together, they're only together for like two hours, yeah. right? And suddenly they're like best friends, which, you know, that's the problem is that you're rushing the story too much and that these characters are not developed in a believable way. Mm. Um, and I blame... DC and Warner Brothers totally for that because they're too, too, too desperate to catch up to Marvel and yeah. it's not going to work. Do you think it worked better than Batman versus Superman, though? It's a bit, I, I enjoyed it more than Batman versus Superman just because mm. there's no Martha <laughs> and 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 because there's more humor in it. Um, but, you know, it does not help DC Universe at, overall. I, I still... I, I mean I think I would consider watching it again because I watched a really crappy looking three D version and and I felt and I wondered if that affected because it's just so dreary right because the three D was so bad and mm-hmm. and it was so dark um, I doubt it I doubt it would help um, change my opinion much but I am keen to sort of reevaluate it sometime down the line but at the moment um, I think I think these complaints i think i've been i'm, I'm fairly I'm, I'm a bit fair i'm pretty fair in terms of my critique i'm not i'm not going like it's crap or blah blah like mm. look like it, it is fun at points and the thing is some people are like well you know you can't always have a dark night but no it, it's okay we don't always have to have a dark night but we don't even have ant man here <laughs> like Marvel consistently knocks the films out of the park. I know the critics complain about the lack of originality and there's too much comic book movies. And yet, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, these Marvel films are consistently getting, you know, fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. They're consistently getting positive reviews. So what is DC doing wrong? And this is what they they should be re-evaluing themselves after two films. And if Wonder Woman strikes out again, then DC is in very, very serious trouble. And they really yeah. should start thinking about a new strategy.
1: Well, I did see that apparently from a, an, a, I guess a former exec, uh, at Warner brothers drafted an open letter <coughs> to the CEO <coughs> and it was pretty scathing. And she, she kind of ran down a list of films that have been released, you know, uh, in the past, I don't know, five or so years. And, you know, talking about things like Adam Sandler films and, and leading all the way up to BVS and now Suicide Squad, I think, I think that the letter itself, it was a bit unfair towards Suicide Squad. It sounded like she had more of an axe to grind with the studio's direction in general because the studio's been laying off lots of people at the lower levels and saying that, you know, they're there to, to be creative and to support, you know, the creative visions of people. And these visions have ultimately been not as successful, I guess, as um, they need to be to keep full, to keep things fully staffed, right?
0: Met, met, I, I have seen all of Warner's films this summer, and when your best from this summer is Central Intelligence and me before you, you have a big problem on your hands. as studio.
1: Yeah. Well, I you know, <clears throat> it is what it is, and uh, again, I, I hope we'll see some further improvement. I, I think this film was a, a bit of an improvement from BVS, but that's just me. Um, you know, there's a lot riding on Wonder Woman and and where that will, you know, eventually go. And I've heard rumors on both sides. I've heard some rumors coming out saying, oh, it's going to be good. I've all heard other rumors saying that now it's as much of a mess as anything else so far. So I guess uh, time will tell.
0: From what the rumor is that, well, at least one trade um, uh, gossip piece said that um, what happened to Suicide Squad was that Warner was overcompensating after the the, the scathing review that BBS got mm-hmm. so so it seems like the lesson here is that um, DC needs to well DC needs to sort of show the control creative control they had that Marvel did Marvel has creative control from the script stage from the development stage they have a vision. And they control the quality of the of the product from the very beginning, which turned off a lot of. Their, I mean, it broke Joss Whedon, right? But the thing is, it works because they don't have to have these last minute, you know, uh, whatever you know, maneuvering trying to improve the film or trying to overcompensate, right? Because they have foresight. And DC needs to. I mean, Warner Bros. is either like need to stop interfering with the films, just let it let it let it do what they need to do, or they need to sort of rethink what they got as a creative head there, in the, mm. over there in DC.
1: Alright, uh, let's move over to talk about uh, League of Gods.
0: Alright, which is worse.
1: Um, in, in a very simple sentence,
0: League of Gods reminds me of a sort of a Trey Hark vibe. Except that it's Trey Hark in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So it is like when he made Black Mass 2 in like Legend of Zoo, which is very, very bad. <laughs> Arc. Like the worst time of Trey Hark's career. And the thing is, Koan, the director, Ko Koan Hui, I mean he, he he worked for Trey Hark and mm-hmm. it really shows that, that kind of vibe. He really tried to have that energy, right? I I actually kind of even liked the first twenty three minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. Which is the opening sequence with the whole rescue, the the, the silly child monks mm-hmm. or whatever the hell those things are. Um I even laugh when one of them got hit by arrow. like when they got all ambushed by arrows, where they're going like, ooh. Like, it had that very silly, like, 90s fantasy movie vibe. But then it just sort of got over... The thing is, it's a problem. League of Gods is sort of the example of what the Chinese film industry is doing. It's like suddenly they found a bunch of money and they can't stop showing it off. Mm -hmm. And it's like that villager farmer who suddenly, you know, bought a land and it made a shitload of money. And then I, sorry, I just cursed. Um, and then he decides to wear like the worst-looking thousand-dollar shirt possible, <laughs> and showing uh, I'm buying like the ugliest sports car he can yeah. find, like a pink. The, <laughs> the,
1: they call this. I, I think they call this in academia like um, it, it is the. It's new money, right? It's what's the new money? the new rich. Basically, they don't they, right. they 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 don't understand or they don't have the. You know, it gets into things like taste and all that stuff, which is also equally arbitrary, but I, I understand what you're getting at.
0: They're like pink sports car with neon green rims and like <laughs> with like Hawaii designer Hawaiian shirts that no one would buy. Like so it is it's a lot of showing off, but the thing is they're showing off for the sake of showing off. There's no sew in it, which is exact problem when Treyhart discovered computers. Hmm. Um, or computer effects uh, spe- specifically, and and the thing is, Trey Hart did improve. He took years and years, and he fine tuned, and he realized that you gotta do tell stories, not just you know throw in a bunch of special effects. And he learned that when he finally went to made, um, uh, well, not even before taking Mount. I mean, Dragon Gate, right? Uh, yeah. Or even before that, what's happened before that?
1: Uh, was uh, Detective uh, D before Dragon Gate?
0: Detective D. I mean, even Detective D was kind of his first step towards like, okay. I gotta first go back to like basics and tell stories, even before I start playing with special effects. I mean, that computer deer, though. I mean,
1: yeah, that was pretty bad, but uh, that's forgivable because the story is solid. So
0: yes, so so the thing is, they they the thing is, they had these really rich source story, and 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 they decide instead to have farting baby, a farting CGI baby.
1: Well, now uh, to be fair, that as I talked about when we covered it, um, that was probably my favorite part of the movie the animated Havoc in the Eastern Sea Palace of the Dragon because that was, you know, very much an homage to the original Naya story. They basically just threw that in there to retell it because I guess they needed to fill time. And I kind of wish the whole movie was like that. So, right. So I was okay with that part. Where I wasn't okay was when um, Naya became the adult... Uh, uh, who Wen was Zhang. The, Wen, Wen Zhang. It was supposed to be Cecilia Chen, you know, by the way. Um, cool. You know, and it just didn't didn't that that part didn't work for me and then a lot of it was just uneven because i thought that that you know underwater sequence the animation you could tell it was the studio involved with monster hunt right it was you could it just had that same kind of fluidity of motion and movement you know even naya himself kind of had some uh similar attributes to wuba right the the main character from monster hunt right um but then other parts, like the flying ships and and some of the other animated things, you could tell were done by other studios, and they just didn't gel right. It just didn't all. It wasn't always kind of seeing. It well, like seeing the same movie um, for the most part. So it was very uneven. But um, the other thing too is um, I, I think I mentioned last time they they end the film without ending the film, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. this becomes a case of the Jet Li movie. Um, I think it was the Kung Fu Cult Master, right, where they made it with a cliffhanger and then the movie didn't do well and there was never a sequel um, that was made. So I'm wondering if, you know, this film is doing well enough that or or if they've already done the production on the second part. Do you have any insight on that? No, the movie flopped
0: because I think it's cost 350 million RMB to make. And the film only made two hundred and fifty back in China, so he didn't make make back his budget, and that's before the theaters take their fifty percent. So mm. it's a major, major flop. But the thing is, it doesn't really matter to the company because China Star is run by Charles Hearn, and essentially he made that he invested all that money to 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 promote his son Jackie Jackie, who is right. the star of the film. Right. So anyone who thinks that they're watching a uh, Jet Li movie, dude, dude the, the only appears for like ten minutes where he goes spend a button. Yeah, it's very, mu- very much a cameo for him. It's a cameo. He did it for the money, and I'm sure he did a bunch of like, it, it, it's it's don't get tricked. There is like the like the second, uh, the the star to get the second most screen time. I think is Angel Baby. So imagine it's Jackie Hearn and Angela Baby. Yeah. Um. Um. And if that just sounds
1: appealing to you, then and and Mr. Angela, Mr. Angela Jung who plays uh, uh, the three-eyed uh, guardian he disappears for most of the movie he's barely in you the know? movie and then and then it comes back in a golden armor which yeah. would probably appear
0: as like a green suit actually yeah. i would like to watch the making of where you see you see uh, Huang Xiaoming covered
1: in green suit <laughs> i would watch that so i mean if if you're going to take bets though <laughs> do you think we're going to get a sequel do you think uh, Mr. Hung is going to put forward the money even though this lost money to continue on with it Oh man,
0: I don't know. They they lost a lot of money. Oh. Um, it depends on whether whether the company that the that did the minimum guarantee pay up. If they pay up, then then China Star is like sure. But the thing is, no one's going to distribute it because the rumor is that the company that uh, distributed in China Bona they paid a one billion RMB guarantee minimum guarantee, which means that um, minimum guarantee, which means a distributor to secure a film, a, a very like appealing film they pay what we call minimum guarantee to the to the, to the producers telling them that well it's going I'm going to bet you it's going to make this much money mm. and if it goes over that money then we keep a bigger share like mm. you guys still get a share but we keep a bigger share anything over that right so they paid they supposedly pay 1 billion renminbi um so so clearly china stars already made money off a 350 million uh yuan budget but the thing is, the film only made 250 million yuan. So now the question is, is, is Bona gonna pay their 1 billion, mm. and how much of that money will so how much money will China Star see at the end of the day? And I suspect that um, there's a chance that they might not see that 1 billion,
1: mm. and we may not see a sequel.
0: So we may not see a sequel, and I think that's to the to the benefit of the human race.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, there you have it. All right. Well, thank you for your thoughts on both of those films, sir. <laughs> I think uh, we will move on to this week's news uh, and uh, get into some of our regular discussions. And then also further on down the line, we'll be talking about this week's movie, that is Linewalker, the movie. And we'll do all of that uh, after I throw the talking stick back to Kevin with this week's news. <laughs>
0: Here at the news desk, a uh, couple of short stories. Um, first of all, um, SCX Entertainment. Um, this is a sort of an up-and-coming um, production company here in, in Hollywood. Uh, most recently, they did um, they released the comedy Bad Moms, um, which had Mina Kunis, and they also released um, a film called Free State of Jones, which stars Matthew McConaughey. Um, they already received a, a pretty sizable investment uh, from Chinese Hawaii Brothers, but recently, this past week, they, um, they 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 just found two additional Chinese shareholders, and one of them is from Hong Kong. So um, the two two new in- investors um, who have put undisclosed amounts uh, into the company in exchange for stakes. Uh, one is Tencent, the 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 uh, online company that um, essentially created WeChat. I think Tencent is the company behind WeChat. Um, and the other one is Hong Kong's PCCW. Uh, yes, the people that you know pretty much. Has a monopoly on Hong Kong's internet uh, service. Um, has uh, invested in uh, in a Hollywood company. What does this mean? I don't know because the thing is, PCCW um, does have entertainment interests. For example, they have Now TV, which is the pay TV provider. They also own um, View TV, which is the new uh, free to air channel, um, uh, free to air t- television network here in Hong Kong. Um, so it's interesting what kind of synergy they're trying to create. Is PCCW thinking of going into film distribution? Are they thinking of um, taking S- STX films and putting it on and directly distributing it here you know on TV in Hong Kong or on Now TV, whatever? Because now TV they don't have their own channel on well, they have free channels on Now TV network. So are they gonna play on their network? What are they trying or are they just trying to make money off a of Hollywood studio? Um, so it's kind of um, interesting news. If you follow that kind of want to know how kind of the, the close the, the, the bridge, the bridge that's sort of closing in between Hollywood and China. Um, Paul, what what do you think? Uh, it's Hong Kong, it, it's, it's, um, PCW going to Hollywood. What do you think about this?
1: I don't know. It's still a, uh, Richard Lee, right? Yeah, Richard Lee. So he's the son of Lee Carson. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I guess he's you know, is he still with uh, Isabella? Are they still a thing, or did they uh, split up?
0: or uh, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, because like, but, but
1: they, they they had a kid, right? So I'm just they had one, a kid. They you know split up maybe, a lot. maybe maybe it's uh, you know time to. Put some money into the college fund for the kid and so they, they need
0: split to- up a long time ago but by the way i should bring up that actually this might be a deal that sort of is directly competing against tbb because um line walker the film we'll talk about later um you will see this is the first time that you see the logo called cmc cmc is a joint venture uh between shaw brothers or actually TVB group TVB group warner brothers and i think china film group um, to sort of bring Hollywood money into the Chinese region, so so um, PCW sort of making their own move into Hollywood with a a a, um, a joint not joint venture but at least investing in in their own Hollywood company might be going sort of directly against TBB's, um, uh big China deal as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. All I know is I paid PCCW a lot of money over the years for my uh, now broadband and my uh, internet. So.
0: Yeah, so I better see Bat Moms on TV for free here. <laughs> Can't wait to see it. Right? Hey, all
1: right, uh, bigger movie news this week. Some that really annoys the heck out of me. Yeah, dude. So we're supposed to get a double dose of Lao Chen Wan this week. We're
0: in, in addition to Call of Heroes, we're supposed to see the um, psychological thriller Heartfall Arises, uh, which uh, sees a. Um, the bullet vanishes is a bullet, vanishes? Yeah, bullet vanishes reunion between Lao Cheng and Nicholas say, but, um, on Monday. So we're
1: recording this on a Wednesday, Wednesday night. Yeah. Wednesday it was, night. It's supposed to, to, at the time we're recording this, it's the film was supposed to be out tomorrow on Thursday when we yes. get new films. So, yes. So Monday, the, um, the, the, the company suddenly,
0: so suddenly announces that the film has been pulled from release. Um, the official excuse is that they quote-unquote um, trying to improve the visual quality or to, to enhance the visuals of the film, to, to sort of improve the visual of the film so that they're delaying the release to October. Now, um, look, I've, I've participated in film productions. Um, most recently, I'm doing a, a, a film subtitles, alright? And I've, I've gone up to the office to watch the film three, four times, alright? Every time the film looks a little different, but at the same time, next room, there are people who are working on literally literally the same two minutes or three minutes parts of the film. They are literally, these people literally see see the film about 10, 15, 20 times before the film is released. So if there is a time to improve the visuals, you do not do it three days before the release of the film.
1: And I think it's worth mentioning too that, I mean, we've had massive billboard and poster campaigns for this film I mean I've seen really big spreads uh, at the tunnels uh, in the cross harbor tunnels they've got big bill they've had a big billboard they've had them in the MTRs uh, big posters for it and all with the date that it's supposed to be tomorrow tomorrow yeah and and I you know so they had money in the promotional marketing out there already that money's gone right that money is just dust in the wind they have
0: to do it all over again in October when a movie finally locks down a release
1: date. Um is, is the, this is this the case that they did some early screenings and it and it tested badly, or is it just the fact that two Ching-Wan movies in a single week is just too much for us to handle?
0: There, there are rumors because the film's been screened in Hong Kong um at least once or twice. um and the film's China release is also poor. So actually, Um, there's rumour that there might have been something wrong with the China release, and the China release was actually first, the the, 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 the delay was first announced in China before they realised they also had to pull it in Hong Kong. So, this may be because of something happening in China. Um, The thing is, the censors, generally, they approve these sort of films. There should be no problem, but... um, so so or so it could be also a a re, a result of early screenings in China coming back very negative and Hong Kong screenings also coming back negative, but I things I don't know what they do with the film. What what can they do? Right? I mean, how do you drastically re-edit a film? Um So yeah, it, it's a bit. It, it's it kind of really makes you wonder how the film already looks pretty bad. All right, let's face it. The trailer. It has like one of the worst, some of the worst special effects I've seen this year on a major uh, Hong Kong commercial release, I think. Um, and doesn't say anything. The, both teasers are really bad and really confusing, and says nothing, say nothing about about the story or what what we can expect from the film. It's just a bunch of shots of Lao Ching Wan and Nicholas Say, and then suddenly we get IFC blowing up for no reason, right? Um, so, so the thing is, those original material already did not ins- inspire confidence. So. Um, yeah, I mean, this just sort of pushes the film down the, the tanker even a bit further. Like, it's a sort of sex expectation to, to, to really rock bottom. I mean, I don't know what to expect from this film anymore.
1: Hmm. Well, I guess you'll have to let us know in October, because I won't get to see it. <laughs> so we'll come back and uh, we'll hear what Kevin has to say once it does uh, finally make it to the big screen over here. All right. So, short news week this week. We're going to take a short uh, musical break and we'll come back to talk about this week's film, Line Walker, the movie. and our film for this week as we've said multiple times line walker the movie uh this is a film that is based on a TVB uh, dramatic series 31 episodes was released back in 2014 I believe and I think it was the best uh, film for the year. I think it won or sorry no, the best uh, drama series for the year I think it won the TVB awards that year and so if I can see some of the other awards yes so it won best drama uh, Charmaine Shea one of the who was the lead actress for the for the film for the series won Best Actress. She also won Favorite Female Character for that particular character. Uh, male character was Ben's Hoy, um, who kind of has been uh, the the role he plays in that kind of became kind of his character nickname. So for those who are familiar with Turning Point, um, with um, uh, Michael Tse, so he kind of became known as Laughing Goal uh, after the Turning Point drama because of his Popularity in that and and so that kind of become it came his pen nickname for a while So similar idea for Ben's Hoy um, his uh, chum fun. Hey, he became sort of Nicknamed as fun. Hey after this. So it was the uh, Award-winning series for that year, and I guess they decided why not take it and throw out some of the lower-ranked <laughs> actors like uh, Raymond lamb and others and uh, bring in some big guns like uh, Nick um, Nick Chang and uh, Louis Koo because Louis Koo's got to be in everything. I think it's a I think it's part of the Hong Kong basic law now right that he must be in almost every film. Um, so Line Walker itself the to understand the drama I won't get too deep into it but basically the drama is uh, dealing with these undercover agents who were all under the you know the they're all under operations by this one uh, chief, op, you know, operations officer in the police. And he ends up getting killed. Sounds familiar, right? And so they're all kind of like lost now because he's the only one who, you know, knew they were operatives. They're all in different organizations. And so there's a file. There's, a, you know, of course, there's always a, a secret file. And the the series is basically them trying to get reestablished and kind of brought in again. So, you know, very much sort of the kind of infernal affairs kind kind of idea, you know, when you're working as an undercover, losing yourself, and, you know, not being able to share your identity, and then who will believe you if your handler, something happens to your handler, all those things that they kind of touched on become the basis for that series. Now, this film carries over as a kind of sequel, but only really in that it deals with a couple of the characters from the series. It's really... The overall plot is kind of entirely new in what it's doing, though it's still dealing with some of the ramifications of of that original file uh, in in the series. So the film is somewhat self-contained, but I do get the idea that in some ways watching the series gives you a little bit backstory on a couple of the characters, but it's not really necessary. But it also... If you've seen the series, I think it really, from what I understand, because I haven't watched the series, but I've read up on it, that some of the things you learn in the series really kill a major plot point that happens in the film. So I don't know what they were trying to go for with that. But like some of the other films we've talked about in recent years, um, thinking about Triumph in the Skies, um, uh, what was the later one last year from uh, Patrick Kong, Kevin? Um, Return of the Cuckoo? Yeah, right? Return of the Cuckoo, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's been this trend... to take popular TVB stuff and pull it over to film. I guess they don't want to pay writers to write you know original stuff so they're just taking popular properties and, and trying to do adaptations. So a similar idea here. The basic plot here is you have an undercover agent Ding Siu Ka played by Charmaine Shea in a recurring role. That's the role she played in the drama. She now works for CIB and a Central Intelligence Bureau And she receives a coded message from a missing undercover operative, and the case is then picked up by her handler, Q Sir, who's played by Francis M. His investigation leads him to believe that the missing operative is possibly one of two high-ranking gangsters. And these two high-ranking gangsters are played respectively by Louis Koo and Nick Chung. And there's an internal power play, and both by both of these gangsters, and it threatens to jeopardize Cusar's chance to bring the true operative Brack back in safely. So I do apologize if that's a little bit confusing, because this film was a lot confusing. Um, <laughs> I was I was okay until about the one hour point, and it's about one hour and forty minutes long. And at the one hour point, they kind of just throw a wrench at me right? I mean, it really literally could have been a 3D movie. You know, they just throw this plot device out and it hits me in the face. And I'm like, what? What? This is totally not the tone that they were kind of establishing here early on. Um, And editing wise, it's just, it's got some pacing issues. It seems like it's got some editing problems, but what they're really trying to do is just play with the storytelling and it doesn't really work very well. It feels a lot like a patchwork because they're trying to patch in these characters from the drama with this storyline that kind of exists for the most part independently of the drama. Um, so it comes across with a fairly uneven tone. It starts out with some comedy. I mean, I'm, Charlene is basically playing comic relief, and she's really good at it too. I mean, she's funny. I liked her a lot more here than what she was doing in Return of the Cuckoo. and But then it shifts to this like really kind of dark dramatic, you know, thing. I'm like, what am I watching? It feels like I'm not watching the same movie. Um, and it's also doing some things that I would say is kind of a technical cheat, and I don't really like it when films do this. So, for example, there's a staged scene when a person gets shot in the head, okay? And then they kind of come back and say, well, you thought the person got shot in the head, but what really happened was this, right? and how it was kind of like set up and I'm thinking wait a minute people would have saw that the person you know didn't have any you know entry wound right they would have seen that because that's like a big thing because it's because of the way they play with the camera angles and things so it's got some issues in, in you know things like this that kind of just popped up and made me scratch my head um, Charlene her character here is um, kind of in in an odd relationship she's an undercover her handler is Francis but they're also boyfriend and girlfriend Um, I guess they're in a a kind of relationship and they have some pretty good chemistry together but their storyline kinda gets dropped at the end I mean things don't really uh, they don't really wrap things up and and where they leave things is kind of unsettling and unfulfilling I would say Um, but one of the things that happens is that, you know, much of this movie is a big setup for the Olympic Stadium because they have a scene in the Olympic Stadium down in Rio, right? Um, and, you know, so a lot of it is pushing the movie to have this big drug deal down there. And I'm keep thinking, why is the, you know, what's the purpose of that? The, the whole opening of the film is sort of this montage opening of this kind of uh, drug exchange gone bad that you know, opens in Rio with a very sort of t- typical second unit kind of montage shot of the big statue you know on the mountain and everything and then the rest of the movie is trying to work its way back to Rio and then you get the sense that things are winding up and then they don't it kinda goes on for like another 30 minutes and it's just really got this weird sense of pacing where you think it's about to end and it doesn't really end and it kinda goes on and on but what they end up doing is sort of what I would say is the climactic standoff of the film, almost like an Infernal Affairs-style standoff. From there, they go into this long explanation where a character's basically just saying, oh, this is what happened, and basically just telling the audience, very much like they would do in a TVB drama, right? And I'm thinking, if this is a film, this could have been told in a much more indirect way way through actual storytelling rather than having a character simply read off what actually is going on. Let the audience kind of figure it out. That kind of takes the, the mystery out of everything. It also tries to do a lot of back and forth where at a certain point you're led to believe one thing about one character and then it tries to make you believe another thing about another character and then it tries to reaffirm the thing about the first character. So it's got this kind of back and forth as it throws tries to throw twists and turns and by the end it's just like it's so much work for what they were trying to do which is basically kill people you know it's like did they really have to go to these extreme measures if they wanted this person or that person dead it just seems like um it, there's a more straightforward way to get it done than to sort of go through the kind of games of narrative that they go through. The film does have some good action work. There's a sort of an opening sequence with a well, a bike stunt that I thought was pretty impressive and there's a later sequence where a character gets hit and kind of run over. A couple characters get run over by a minibus that you could tell it was a little bit of CG thrown in there but it was still a really good kind of effective shot and some ineffective stunt. There's some gunplay too and there's some motorcycle riding through Rio and the action direction was done by Chin Kalok. so those of you who know his work knows that you know he has a pretty good uh, attention to detail, and he throws out some pretty good action sequences uh, for this movie. Probably better than the movie deserves in, <laughs> in some ways. Um, and as I said, there's some, there's a there's a big continuity issue with the TV series because, as I understand it, there's a certain thing that happens in the last episode of the TV series that makes something that happens in the film a surprise if you kinda don't know if you haven't seen it but if you have seen it, it's gonna make you go wait a minute what what wait what's going on you know that's not that shouldn't happen right um but yeah so you know so overall I mean you've got solid performances I mean Lewis and Nick Chung acting off each other was good they had good chemistry together they've kinda got this weird camaraderie and you're never... It's, it's not like a die you know, silo kind of thing. An older brother, gangster, younger brother. They, they're kind of... But they kind of both shift back and forth. They both have kind of a respect for each other. And because of their history, which is kind of revealed throughout it. And so that part, I think, works fairly well. It's some of the other parts. And especially once sort of the, the main antagonist gets revealed. Um, that didn't really work for me. And then that, too, ends up tracing back to the drama... I don't know if that's actually a plot point in the drama or that was something that was created as a point of carryover. Um, but Ben's Hoy is here, and he's awesome. He's always awesome. I like him a lot. And uh, he exudes awesomeness, even though he's got a supporting role here. So I understand why they wanted to bring him over from the drama and his popularity from that drama here. So um, overall, I'd say, yeah, it's... I mean, of the TVB dramas to live-action films that we've seen on the screen. Um, Yeah, I'd probably want to watch this one again before I'd want to see Return of the Cuckoo, before I'd want to see Triumph of the Skies again. So on that level, it's more successful. It's still not a super great movie, but for most of it, I was actually enjoying it more than uh, Cold War, uh, simply because it was a little bit more familiar, you know, with what it was trying to do by the end though it does get a bit convoluted and um i think it it starts to lose it a little bit uh kevin your thoughts on line walker the movie
0: well the thing is we just we just um uh talked about the menu last week right and i think uh so we have you know two two television films in a row in two weeks in a row and i think this is
1: one this is one sorry if i just jump in so if we we talked about the menu a few episodes ago the, we talked about the equipment, right? So they've got some scenes from the actual drama of the menu that they throw up on big screen, and it looks great. But here they've actually, I think they pulled one or two scenes from the TVB episode, and it looks terrible. Because it's, bl- <laughs> it's blown up, you know, it's that TV look blown up to film, and it really does, you can tell the difference. Right, right. Well, I, I, I think um, it... it-
0: you know, having two films sort of side by side sort of even shows how weak Linewalker is, right? The thing is, um, and you got a lot of sort of local netizens also complaining like, dude, T V is like at least the third or fourth TVB movie in a row where they sort of go back on like a default, the default respectable cast, which is, Francis uh, Louis Ku and, 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 um, well, Nick Chen wasn't in charm in, in, in to Disgu- in, in Disguise, but it's always Frank Zing, Fran Zing. and Louis Koo, Franz yeah. Zing and Louis Koo. When we make a movie, we got to bring in respectable cast, we bring in Frank Zing and Louis Koo. And this is a film where, I guess, the writers are so not interested in extending their initial plot that the B-plot, which is the Louis Koo and, and Nick Chen uh, plot, it's clearly like more important than the A-plot. Yeah. we just charming shit. We're just like...
1: Well, it, it could... I mean, they could have really just done a separate movie with nothing to do with the, the Line Walker characters. I mean... But
0: they needed that. They need that brand name, right? They need to yeah. extend the brand name. They need to sell the film as a brand name. So they're trying to push their own property. So you got the whole synergy... against synergy, right? That's the word. Um, going... And it's really lame because the film is not even a re—it's not really a continuation. Once you go into the A plot, the Line Walker A plot, then we goes to hell because you got that really silly slapstick comedy stuff that that just doesn't work. Um, and then it goes into B plot, and okay, okay, it's kind of good. Louis Kuhn and and and, and, See, I, was, and um, I was okay. okay with,
1: I was okay with the A plot if they would have stuck with that, right? Because like you know, I think Charmaine's fine when she's doing comedy. You know, Oh god I, I, that
0: comedy stuff was so cringeworthy.
1: Oh, I liked it. I thought it was okay. But but the problem is is that they didn't stick with it. It wasn't consistent and then suddenly, you know, they're shooting people in the head and stuff. I'm going, Wait, what movie is this, right? God, I wish I wish that, that plot
0: twist in the middle would stick. Just so we <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to ruin anymore. But But yeah, and then the plot makes no sense. And again, if I have to bring... I don't want to bring a spoilers, but there's a major twist in the film that makes absolutely no sense. Um, just play for suspense, but the suspense doesn't even really earn it because there's no logic in it. Um, uh, the filmmaking, like, it's... All, you can tell the director's really giddy because he suddenly gets to, you know, spend all this money and blow all this stuff up and actually, you know, have production value in the film. So he clearly was kind of having fun. With a lot of it, um, and the, direct, Kali,
1: the director is named Jazz, director. Jazz Boon, aka Man Why Hung, but he has no other film credits, right? No, he is the producer uh, of the
0: show. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure if he directed. I don't think he even directed the show, but he's definitely a producer on the show. Uh, so he sort of care his baby in a way, um, um, and whatever. It, it's just so bad, like. It, it, the plot makes no sense and again I'm tired and I, I'm t- I don't know how many Louis Koo films I've seen this year already I'm tired of seeing Louis Koo I was like give me Sean Yu, that's how desperate I was <laughs> I, I could see some Sean Yu, I don't mind Sean Yu um, and, and it, it's just a really lame way for TVB to sort of make money, it's such a cash grab that um, yeah it, it was just it, it, it. wasn't tough to sit through. I mean, the film is entertaining by itself, and like I said, the director's really getting Chin Carlock action really saves the film, I think. Um, but like you said, the whole Brazil part makes no sense. Um, the actors are not great. Um, Ben's. I'm sorry, you cannot sell me Ben Sway as like a as like a super evil. Or Super Badass Triad Boss. You would never, ever sell me this. <laughs> Not even 30, 40 years ago when you were still young. You will never sell this concept to me and have me, like, accept it. I couldn't accept it in the original show. I didn't see any of the original show. But I saw, like, I knew what was going on. I was like, hell no. And then they brought him back. And I and I finally get to see him in the bro. And I'm like, hell <laughs> no. Um, and, yeah. It, it, it's just weird. Really, the menu, really, seriously, by far... The more superior, and that film is not is far from perfect, and is still by far the more superior, the way superior te- television adaptation is. That is the model that Tub should be going by, not their crappy *Chime in the Skies* model or Line Walker* model. It's mm. really, really lame. Um, Tub just needs to stop. They just need to stop. They just need to just just, just stop. Just stop, dude. I mean, I paid the, I paid the money to see the film as I should, but just stop.
1: Well, as I look at the figures here, sixty-two thousand seven hundred and five people would disagree with you because they voted Ben Soy as their favorite male character for Line Walker, the TV show. It's rigged. <laughs> rigged. That's how you rigged. It very well could be. It could be. You know, part of me I, wonders, like people like Raymond Lamb, right, who who doesn't get invited as a as a carryover you know, to the big films, I, I wonder if he feels bad, you know, because he's like, wait, that was my series, and now I'm getting replaced by Ku and uh, Nick Chung, what's up with that, you know? No, it's such a factory, TV be such a factory
0: <laughs> that no one ever owns up to, to any, no one, it's never their show, it's it's, you know, they don't ever, they they finish it. They, they, it's such a factory that it's an assembly line that they finish it and they move on, don't have any sort of attachment to the show after they're done because it's just so, it's done. Well, first of all, they shoot out of order anyway, so no one really knows what's going on until they put it all together. And, and it's just such a factory that no one seems to get attached to anything. And from what I hear is that it was, it was, um, it was, it was Raymond Lamb who didn't want to come back.
1: Well, there you have it. Uh, line Walker, you can see it or not. In the event that you do want to check out the source material, Yes Asia does have Linewalker up for US $60, English hey. subtitled. So there you go. Hey! Shop a Yes Asia repo. You're listening to the East Screen, West Screen podcast. Visit concast.com for more. I think that's going to wrap it up for our show this week. You have been listening to the Screen West Green podcast. Our theme music was composed by Rob Jabower of Schnauzer Radio Orchestra. Research has come from a variety of sources, but primarily from the lovehkfilm.com and the Hong Kong Movie Database. We also get a tremendous amount of moral support from listeners like you. Got a very nice email from a listener. Um, I'll just, uh, I won't just I will say his full name here because I, I don't know if he wants this read, but his name was Mark, and he sent us... Very nice, uh, you know, feedback on the show, and uh, you know, just uh, it's always nice to hear from people who listen. Just said, uh, you know, you got kind of inspired to get back into Hong Kong cinema, um, despite this, <laughs> despite, you know, the having having movies like this, you know, kind of sort of come around. So, I am um, so sorry, I'm so so sorry. <laughs> thanks for listening, Mark, and uh, I, we, we do hope better movies can be coming your way very very soon Um, i am so sorry dude It's anyway. not. It's not that. It's not that t- you know, I like. I said. You know, I'd say if if you had a choice of three movies, Line Walker, Return of the Cuckoo, and Triumph in the Skies on your desk, I'd say go for the Line Walker first. So, Ma- Ma- I dare Mark to take a chance on Girl of the Big House and see if his loyalty I, to Hong Kong hey, cinema. you know, I'll stand by Girl of the Big House before I'll recommend Return of the Cuckoo or uh, Triumph in the Skies. What we'll about Lost in Wrestling?
0: Uh, well. <laughs>
1: That's an experience. That's just an experience. You can you can read the review over on lovehkfilm.com. Um, so, yes, uh, we do get a tremendous amount of moral support from listeners like you. If you would like to be part of the show, you can get in touch with us via the website at concast.com. You can reach us over on Twitter, twitter.com at concast. You can follow us, uh, or you can t- get in touch with us by email at eastscreen at gmail.com. And you can follow us over on Facebook, East S, West S. You can also follow along with Kevin and all the things that he's doing, whether he's a subtitling or movie making or actually writing for a magazine, which he does. So Kevin, where can they find out more about you, sir?
0: Yeah, my day job is uh, over at the Cedar uh, uh, Hong Kong, where I am the entertainment editor uh, for the, for Cathay Pacific's um, uh, Discovery Magazine and for Silk Road. Uh, the Cathay Dragon magazine. Um, you could read those magazines when you fly Cathay Pacific Airways and Cathay Dragon. Um, you can also read Discovery um, if you have an iPad. So go to the iPad app store and look up Discovery and you can read some of our articles um, there. Um, I also, thanks for reminding me, Paul, I also wrote some reviews recently for lovehkfilm.com. They're up now. They are for the, for the Thai film Heart Attack and the Japanese film Terraformers. Um, I'm also working on other reviews uh, for Ross at the moment. Um, so hopefully those will uh, uh, get uploaded eventually. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at The Golden Rock. That's one word, The Golden Rock. You can also email me at TheGoldenRock at gmail.com.
1: Excellent. Our next show, episode 204, is going to be a Lao ching Wan film. That is the one Lao ching Wan film we're getting this week rather than the two that we were promised. And that is going to be, of course, the uh, you know the, the the big cast with the Call of Heroes. So all of that and more on our next show. Until then, this is the East Screen West Screen podcast saying, learn some Morse code. It's important. If Line Walker taught me anything, it's that I need to know Morse code. And we'll see you next
0: time. See you next time, everybody. Ah.